This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. I was sat having dinner tonight, and um, I just suddenly thought, like, this time next week, it would be like the eve of Dub Dub. <laughs> dub Dub uh, Eve. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know whether because, like, it's in this new remote kind of format that I've lost some degree of interest in it. Yeah. I, there might be an element of that going on. So, like, I just feel that, like, the experience is somehow going to be weaker than it would have otherwise been. Um, yeah. Which is a little bit pessimistic of me, I must, I must admit. But. I think there's, there's part of me that's just not in a headspace for it still in the sense of um, it sort of feels like with everything going on in the world, my focus is just not there. Yeah. It, don't get me wrong, it will get that focus on the day because... You know, I can't being focused on everything else um, is a, is a natural place to be for me. But I can't impact everything either, so I have to give myself that day and be like, "This is dub dub day. Just give it its time." You know, I can be back in in back with everything else after that, which I know is a a luxury and privilege that I get to have because I'm not in a a bad situation. You know. But yeah, it'll get its time from me, and I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But it does feel a bit weird this year. It's just the timing of it, I think, more than anything else with, you know, like everybody still being on lockdown, certainly in the UK and other countries. It'll be interesting to see how the remote stuff works and whether that actually might be a good thing overall. You know, there might be a part of that that just means it's actually kind of more inclusive for for everybody. It's funny, I watched, um, did you watch the Sony PS5 reveal the other day? No. Because that got me thinking, actually, how Apple might uh, handle WWDC, because, again, this was kind of like, I guess in normal times, that would have been a traditional kind of presentation where they all get together at a conference centre, you know, big boss man from Sony comes out on the stage, everyone cheers, that kind of thing, you know? Um, And it wasn't, it was like a very produced pre-recorded piece of video hmm. and yeah I, d- I don't really know what we're going to get in terms of the keynote in that sense is it going to be sort of like do you, do you remember when the uh the magic keyboard case came out and there's that video that craig um federici did almost like in an yep. office at apple park just him in an office someone filming him uh, i don't know whether it's going to be like that or is it going to be like tim cook on on stage at the steve jobs theater with no audience. Just with no audience. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, like, could they not have a socially distanced audience there? As in maybe just get some local press in or something? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I am looking forward to it, though, in general. I feel like I kind of need it this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen to the last few episodes of this show. You'll know that my motivation has been you know Dropping. lacking a lot yeah. to the point where i'm thinking like am i am i done here with all of this and i know we've spoken on and off privately about it so there's a little little bit inside of me that's kind of hoping i'm going to come out of this and be like all fired up um yeah and if i'm not i well we'll talk about that <laughs> in another show but if i'm not i don't really know what happens next but um mm-hmm. I'm 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 kind of hoping that I feel this year 
coming out of it how I felt last year because last year it was like wow this is amazing we got Swift UI we got all this stuff the Mac Pro I was so fired up and I feel like this year yeah. sitting here right now I couldn't care less <laughs> not to sound too negative but um, I kind of feel like I need a need a bit of a pick me up in that sense I'm hoping this might 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 be that one thing that might take you over Dave is um, the ARM Max and the any announcements over that yeah that's going to be uh, that's going to be big and again it feels like it's a shame that the event can't be attended in person because I feel like on paper this should be one of the biggest WWDCs in history mm-hmm. if you think about like how significant the PowerPC to Intel transition was and how significant yeah. this stands to be I almost feel sorry for Apple in a way that they've got this big big thing to talk about and they've got to do it in this new remote format and maybe it could be yeah. an opportunity because rather than thinking about how we have to do it with an audience they can think about well now we're relieved of that how could we do yeah. it how could we tell this story better so it, it may be it turns out great um, it might it might play into apple's um desire for control in a sense of like you can you can stage manager a remote production perhaps even tighter than you would do a real life one yeah just uh you know in terms of demonstrating something and, and making sure all the talking points are there and that there's no big stumbles and that sort of stuff there, there might be a side of that that they they like um, it, it will be interesting. It'd be interesting to just see how how it dif- differs, you know. What, what and also what's still the same in this year's Dub Dub? I think. Mm. Yeah, I can't see there being any ARM hardware though on the Mac front. Can you? Not yet. No. Uh, surely not. Uh, no. I mean, I've heard some things on the internet bubbling up implying maybe there might be but they were from kind mm-hmm. of dubious publications <laughs> it just yeah, it's like no surely not um it, it makes total sense like the rumors are arm max in 2021 it's like well you've yeah. got to tell us in 2020 then like you have to because <laughs> you know we've, we've got to get ready and it might be probably will be that we just get them on what i'm guessing will be like maybe a 12 inch macbook or what is the macbook air would get shifted over to arm first yep but they still need to tell us because, you know, we're going to need to get our, our houses in order. My presumption at the moment is if you're kind of using sort of like in air quotes, pure Swift, as in you're writing all your own Swift, you've got no weird dependencies, it could be as easy as checking a box. Like in the same way that with a Catalyst app, you can just tick the Mac box and hey presto, you got a Mac app. Mm-hmm. But then it starts getting difficult if you're using dependencies, I guess, because then you are dependent on the people making the dependencies to make ARM versions of those. Yeah, but but again, it depends on your, um, on the stack, I think, more than anything else. So, uh, if I think about uh, Cartage and um, and CocoaPods as well, there's, there's kind of two options as to how they, they behave. So, there's the option where you download the, the pre-made binary and everything happens really quickly. Um, and then there's the option where everything's compiled from source. So I think as long as those projects don't have anything in them that's absolutely, you know, processor and platform specific, then there might be an option there, um, if you see what I mean, to just build everything up from source. 
Mm. So that so it may not be too. It depends on how projects are structured, and it depends on on the way Apple chooses to implement it. But it might not be too rough, um, you know, depending on how you've you've got everything set up. It's going to be um, fascinating to see how they position all of this because, I mean, we can get to it maybe in a minute. But like, there's rumours of new iMacs coming at, at Dubbo. Yes, yes, <laughs> there is. So, I mean, that's cool in itself. But how do they stand on stage in the same presentation and be like? this is the future of the Mac. These are our new ARM processors. Aren't they awesome? And yeah. here's a new iMac with an Intel chip in it. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think the, the rumor for the iMac is that it's going to be quite a, a radical redesign. Well, I say radical, maybe not too radical, but it's sort of look, the, the image that I saw was that it looked kind of like a gigantic iPad pro screen, just on a you know, big, big iPad pro screen sat on a stand like an iMac sort of stand and there might be enough about how it looks that the processor difference doesn't really bother people you know there might be enough in it being this this different kind of thing um that if it does have intel chips on it it's not going to put people off uh but that'll depend on how they communicate the plan you know if it's sort of this kind of like hard cut off everything is going to arm this is happening over the next you know two years or whatever the phasing is it will make it really, really difficult for them to to sell Intel machines. Uh, whereas if it's <clears throat> everything is going to be blended, and you're going to see a combination of these things for a while, and as developers, all you have to do is X, Y, and Z, then you know the <clears throat> the Intel machines um, will still have some life in them yet. And I think that's probably going to be more of what we see. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be too hard a cutover because if it is, it will drastically impact every Intel Mac that they're currently selling. Yeah, I can. I imagine that new iMac is going to take the form of um, be very similar to the the XDR display. I can kind of see them doing that because don't forget the uh, you know the pattern that's on the front of the Mac Pro, like the cheese grater pattern, essentially the, yes. the cutouts. Well, that's on the back of the. Pro display, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it makes sense because, you know, it's, it's a hot monitor. It has to maintain like a thousand nits or something. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of got cooling in mind. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if they took that and maybe applied it to the iMac because, you know, the iMac needs cooling too, right? It's got a computer in there. And yep. it kind of seems like they've got a lot of the parts that they need perhaps to, to make this iMac with. And you could say that the Pro display kind of a bit iPad-y in its design language, I guess. I mean, that kind of statement's a bit woolly, isn't it? Um, It is, yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily picture an iPad Pro on a stand when when I hear that in the press. (laughs) Um, It's it's one of those things that I'm really happy about, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm not in the market for one at all. Never likely to be in the market for one again. Yeah. But nevertheless, pleased that that it exists i just hope that they get rid of the spinning hard disks they need to they have to go they have to go yes it's 2020 like just get rid of them like (laughs) they've been almost cruel for a long time now yeah they they hamstring the machine so much i I can see why because i i I bet a lot of you know imagine like an imac that goes on a hotel reception Mm -hmm. that probably just runs safari all day using some like web system to do the booking in in the hotel or something like that but of course you need it to be there because iMac expensive hotel the two go together um, yep. but 
yeah, it, it feels right. Like you can get SSDs now really cheap and it, it feels like there's no, no excuse. What I am interested in is um, the sizing because I keep hearing rumors of like a 23 inch iMac or 23 okay. point something iMac. Yeah. Um, does that mean the 27 stays where it is or do we get 32? Mm. I mean, a 32 inch iMac suddenly, although I'm not in the market for one, suddenly I'm starting to think, oh, damn, I've got to get me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then the next question is well, if they're going to make a 32 inch iMac, presumably with a display that is significantly, uh, perhaps lower quality isn't the right phrase, but you know, relative to the Pro display, it's not going to have that display in it. I have like a, a cheapened up version. Is there then potential for a standalone display? That'd be very nice to see. Kind of feels like they should at this point, because yeah, there's a there's a lot of people I'm sure that would you know maybe you've got a MacBook Pro, Mac Mini, whatever would very much like an Apple branded monitor. And I can say, having spent the last five days trying to look at monitors, because I'm considering getting myself a new one albeit not an Apple one. I'm kind of looking more at the 144 hertz gaming uh, kind of thing. But it's um, it's not great out there, really, the, <laughs> the monitor market. It's a, it's plastic city. Um, if you've dropped two or three thousand pounds on a very nice milled piece of aluminium that takes the form of a MacBook or a Mac Mini, you don't really want to go plugging it into a plastic monitor. Yeah, kind of feels like there's a massive opportunity. I, th- I think even if Apple charges like a thousand pounds for it, or maybe even twelve fifty, I still think people will buy it. Which sounds crazy, given that I've been looking at monitors, and when I see one that's over three hundred, I'm like, oh, that's a bit dear. Because you become accustomed <laughs> to it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, but you you essentially want the old um, cinema display to come back. That sort of um, something yeah. in that sort of range. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I've I've wondered for a long while, like, what would it take to just give us target display on the general IMAX and have that work in some fashion? At first, they couldn't. I think it was because they were using the generation of Thunderbolt. You couldn't get a 5K signal over a single stream of Thunderbolt. I think it was Thunderbolt 2 at the time. Uh, Could be way wrong on that, though. But whatever it was at the time, you couldn't get a 5K signal over the thunderbolt that was available at that time or display port yep. that went over it um so what they did in the 5k imac is that they had two streams of it but it was all internal so as a user you were none the wiser and they yep. had a custom timing controller chip known as a tcon that stitched the two signals back together into one picture it brilliant when you think about it as, as a piece of engineering considering that yes. as a user you're just completely unaware that they're doing it although obviously now you can run a 6k display off of the thunderbolt that we have now and the display port presumably that it uses going over it yeah so yeah your point stands that we probably should be able to get a target display mode going with a with an imac mm-hmm. and is there a point where if you imagine that this was a an arm-based machine you know where apple has got that sort of complete control going on I wonder if there's a point where that would make it easier for it to be something they could offer or do uh, just because they've got you know nuts and bolts all of that control over everything Uh, 
and just to a, to a degree the sense of like if every uh non if every non interfaced device uh things like the home pod that sort of thing even down to um i think airpods don't they have their own sort of um firmware on oh, yeah. it, which is essentially yeah. a really stripped down ios kernel with a load of other bits bolted on so i do wonder again like you know you could see them having having this other way that it could be could be switched and it's just running monitor os or whatever um <laughs> I right. they call it that <laughs> um and, you know you connect it to your you connect it to your mac uh with a USB-C cable and off, off it goes and then at that point yeah you've you've got to pay as much as you would pay for for buying the iMac outright because it is the iMac outright but there you go you've got your apple display for any other mac um, yeah yeah it's, it stands know, up it, doesn't it yeah it, it's it's complete kind of wish casting at this stage and just kind of trying to project but um that feels to me a, a quite an apple way of of achieving it you know you want your your cinema display or whatever that's fine buy an iMac it becomes one um they they suddenly sell that monitor at uh, a much higher price as well um it is it hmm. like the last week has given me serious pause in that kind of it's made me realize what we're willing to accept in terms of pricing when it's got an apple badge on it yep uh, like, yeah it you look at what you can get without an Apple badge on it, and fair enough, it's made of plastic and it creaks when you touch it. But actually, the technology is pretty good, and what you yeah. can get for very little money is quite astounding. I don't know whether I'm having like a bit of a come to Jesus moment or whatever in terms of like <laughs> moving <laughs> the away PC from Apple. World. Yeah, but um, yeah, it it's just staggering that. I can look at a three hundred and fifty pound monitor and be like, "Oh, that's a lot of money." But then when I think about Apple releasing a one thousand pound monitor, I think, "Well, that would actually be quite cheap if they did that." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing what a uh, a milled piece of aluminium can do to a product's value. <laughs> but there we go. One thing I was thinking about, and I know you've probably got some thoughts on this, and I think I saw you tweet about it the other day, was dev dev kits for our yes. Macs. Yeah, so I have but, a theory. Are you still standing by the iPad thing? I am, yeah. All right, I've got a counter theory, but I'll let you run with yours for a minute. Okay, so my tweet was, and it reads like this. I think that this might happen at DubDub, so an ARM announcement. And then I sort of say, Mac OS, insert new name here, will support ARM devices. Dramatic pause. And some of you may own that device already. And then we cut to a video or something that shows it in operation on an iPad Pro, uh, complete with the new keyboard and trackpad. So that whole idea of like, we can announce that we're doing this, and then we can announce that, boom, you may even have the machine in your hands today. Uh, And then that becomes the dev kit story, that if you want to test this out and do this ahead of time, just get an iPad Pro. Maybe? (laughs) I'm going to stick my neck out and say I don't think they'll do that. It just seems counter to their philosophy with each device. Yes. They've made it very, very clear on multiple occasions that 
those two devices are never going to be merged. Yeah. And I know this is in the context of a dev kit. So you could say, well, you know, all bets are off because it's only really developers that are going to know about it. But you're going to get the sites, you know, the consumer-facing sites that will write about it. Yes. And they're going to get their readers being like, huh, what? People are running macOS on an iPad? And that just sparks a whole conversation I think Apple don't want to happen. What I could see happening would be an updated Apple TV, also doubling as a dev kit. Ooh. Feels like we're overdue in Apple TV. Um, yep. Not least because the remote sucks, so we could do do with a new remote. And I'm guessing it's probably going to get a more up to date A series chip. And I think the rumours I heard was that it's going to come with more storage. If you've got a mm. dev account, there could maybe be yeah, it would still function like an Apple TV. But if you've got a dev account, there could maybe be an app on there that's like. You just basically click it and it loads up, boots up macOS on the uh, on the Apple on TV. The Apple TV, and maybe with their new focus towards Apple Arcade and things like that, they might even have some ports on there, potentially USB for yeah. connecting. USB C port to do the existing Apple TV has one. It does, yeah. I've connected to it several times actually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess you could just Bluetooth a trackpad and keyboard to it. That's the other thing. You don't necessarily yeah. have to have... That could just be a prerequisite. You have to have a Apple Magic touchpad, mouse, keyboard, whatever. So yeah. that's my little theory. Um, hmm. If if the chip that goes in the new Apple TV is has got the same instruction set as what they're going to be putting in the Macs, then... And they could kind of do that quietly, I think, without making as much of a splash as doing it with an iPad because I think that's just going to set everybody off that's going to trigger the whole internet if someone <laughs> sees Mac OS running on an iPad and yep. they'll be like oh, why can't we do this and then that starts this whole conversation and Apple are like no we've said no like we have our reasons like please stop talking yep. about this <laughs> that's that's an interesting take and I, I could I could see that being just as possible um yeah, and I mean, like, the, the route that you describe about having a um, a dedicated app or something like that to sort of boot it up, I mean, that would work on... That would be a, a premise that could be the case if it was an iPad as well. Um, yeah, I really don't know. Like, I could see that happening if the new Apple TV is essentially ready to go. I think then, it yeah, is. you could have that off. That goes. Um, it would be a Mac Mini, Mini. You know, at that stage, it really would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, that would be a cool product, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It really would. Um, that would almost be like into Raspberry Pi territory, almost. Yeah, yeah, and then this really interesting sort of side of well, can you put it in Mac mode all the time, and then? run an entire cluster of them and that sort of stuff could be yeah. fun could be fun couldn't it it's yeah a lot, to a, a lot of answers we're going to get i think next week um like i say i feel like i'm looking forward to wwdc almost more as a consumer than i am as a developer at the moment yeah um sort of like looking forward to getting the, the hardware and the toys and all, all that side of thing i mean like swift ui obviously is going to get a load of updates we haven't even spoken about that I mean, this is like the pre-dub-dub episode. We haven't even mentioned SwiftUI, but it feels like it's so, so far in its infancy that it's just going to get a ton of updates. 
and probably the year after and probably the year after i mean if i had to yeah. just quickly roll some off like a collection view auto focusing text fields uh a rich a rich um text view yes those would be my top three things that i would like just as the things yeah. that i've run up against so far uh, um, better code completion and um, syntax uh, checking i think would yeah. be my, my number one <laughs> yeah that's true um it's, yeah. it's the side of things that just falls apart every so often with swift ui for me or rather i would say it was like it's entirely possible that that's been fixed in the last few months and i've just not seen it because i've not actually written any swift ui code now since uh before i banged my head so that would be the middle of february wow so it's possible the latest x code updates have fixed something there for me anyway that i just haven't seen it's gotten a lot better that the errors now make sense as in like right. if you make an error on line 14 it doesn't show up on 158 it's gotten okay. a lot better in that sense i think oh, that's was, good i forget what version it was yeah i don't know what version it was but there was a version that came out where that was like kind of the big deal about it so that's yeah yeah um besides that i would really love it if we got real free trials i've been saying this ever since we started this show i don't think we're going to get it <laughs> But it would be wrong of me not to mention it. So I have to mention it. And now I've mentioned it. <laughs> and that's it. 